Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace theology segment. My name is Dave and I'm the host for this show. And today we're going to continue our look at the meaning of words related to the person and work of Jesus Christ that we see in the Bible. And this one is really, really important that we understand. And the question today that one of our listeners has written in and asked about this is what is justification? Now, justification is a principal benefit of of redemption that Christ secured for the elect. In justification, God declares sinners righteous in his sight in the divine law court. Now, according to scripture and the reformed tradition, justification is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. That is, in justification, God forgives the sins of his people and imputes Christ's righteousness, puts it on their account before them, to them solely on the basis of Jesus' sinless life, atoning death, and resurrection. At one time, act of God, justification is something a believer can never lose. Faith is a singular instrument of justification. That is, God does not require any other gracious operation on the part of those he justifies except faith, which rests on and receives Christ alone for one's righteousness. And although justification is accompanied by other saving acts and works of God, it remains a distinct blessing of redemption. On Judgment Day, believers' sanctification will give evidence of their justification as they'll be openly vindicated before men and angels. Holiness and even good works will not be the reason that God declares a believer righteous, but these things will prove that God declared that person righteous in Christ because those who have been justified will bear spiritual fruit. In other words, justification logically precedes sanctification. The New Testament includes well-reasoned defenses of the doctrine of justification from the attacks of false teachers. In fact, in church history, the doctrine of justification by faith alone was a central tenet to the Protestant reformers in their refutation of the false gospel of Roman Catholicism. And in the latter part of the 20th century, the doctrine of justification by faith alone and Christ alone has again become a central point of theological controversy on account of the teaching of the proponents of the new perspective on Paul. Now, justification, we must understand, is, as we're talking about, one of the central benefits of redemption that God applies to believers on the basis of Jesus' sinless life, atoning death, and a resurrection from the dead. Now, in justification, ungodly and guilty men and women are counted righteous before God, as we see in Genesis 4-5. This means that God forgives their sin and accepts them as righteous in his sight on the basis of the saving work of Jesus Christ alone, as we see in Romans 4, 6-8. Scripture is crystal clear that individuals are justified by faith alone and Christ alone in Galatians uh, 2-16 and Philippians 3-9. The Westminster Shorter Catechism in Question and Answer 33 says this, Justification is an act of God's free grace, wherein he pardons all our sins and accepts us as righteous in his sight, only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. That is, justification is a once-for-all, non-repeatable act of God. 
It is distinct from progressive sanctification, which is an ongoing work of the grace of God. And once God accepts a sinner on the basis of the imputed righteousness of Christ, that person can never lose their right standing before God. Faith alone is the instrument of justification because the Westminster Confession uh, question and answer 36 says, faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace whereby we receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he's offered to us in the gospel. And while God requires that sinners believe in Christ for their justification, the exercise of faith is a gift of the grace of God to the elect. Faith alone justifies, even though it is accompanied by the other graces, love, affections, repentance, and so on. That is, faith unites a sinner to Christ, and thus enabling God to impute, that is, to credit or account Christ's righteousness to the believer. The doctrine of justification has been the subject of the attack of many false teachers. The Apostle Paul confronted false teaching about justification in his letter to Romans and in his letter to the Galatians. In Romans, Paul sets the doctrine of justification by faith alone and Christ alone in contrast to the works righteousness of the Judaism of his day. In Galatians, certain false teachers had slipped into the church in order to disturb the faith of the new converts by insisting that one needs to believe in Christ and to keep the law in order to be justified. The Apostle Paul pronounced the strongest possible condemnation of that false gospel. These attacks on the doctrine of justification by faith alone in Christ alone provided an opportunity for the Apostle Paul to address the Old Testament background of this doctrine and the intricacies of it in a redemptive way. Reformed theologians have long emphasized that regeneration logically precedes faith. Since no one is able to believe in Christ until God the Holy Spirit takes away a heart of stone and gives them a heart of flesh, as we see in Ezekiel 36, 26. And yet this renewed heart of love does not justify a sinner because it can never take away the guilt of the sinner standing before God. Fallen in Adam, all mankind inherited the guilt and the corruption of Adam's sin from birth. That is, Scripture teaches that Jesus Christ came into the world as the last Adam, the second representative of God's people. In the covenant of grace, Christ deals with the guilt and corruption of Adam's sin by dying on the cross, and he accomplishes all that Adam failed to accomplish in the covenant of works by establishing a perfect righteousness for those who would believe in him. The sinless life and atoning death of Jesus Christ is the basis for the believer's justification. That is, believers benefit from justification by faith alone in Christ alone in a number of very important ways. The Apostle Paul makes it clear that it is the ground of a believer's joy and peace in God, as well as their access to God in Romans 5, 1-2 and Romans 8, 1. The believer's growth in grace is dependent in part on knowing they have been justified in Christ. If a professing believer doubts whether or not God has freely accepted them by his grace in Christ, they will inevitably slide into a form of legalism, a fleshly mode of performance for both their sanctification and justification. The Protestant Reformation, though, involved a rediscovery of the doctrine of justification by faith alone. And although the reformers labored for the defense and even the propagation of other important truths in contrast to the perversion of the Roman Catholic Church, matters of soteriology lay at the center of their contentions with the Roman Catholic counterparts. Commonly attributed to Martin Luther, the saying, Justice dictor artolitas stantitis et 
Canditas Ecclesia. That is, justification is the article on which the church stands or falls. It captures the essence of the Re- Reformation's defense of this central doctrine. And in the latter part of the 20th century, proponents of the new perspective on Paul, they have gained an increasing influence in certain Protestant circles. Spearheaded by the writings of men such as E.B. Sanders, James D.G. Dunn, and N.T. Wright, proponents of the new perspective on Paul, they insist that reformers misunderstood Paul's argument in Romans and Galatians. Uh, Wright, in particular, has been influential in conservative Protestantism. That is, Wright denies the imputation of Christ's righteousness, insisting that the Apostle Paul was referring to Christ's faithfulness and the impartation of his righteousness to believers. Now, Wright teaches that individuals will be justified on the last day on the basis of their faith in Christ, together with their spirit-wrought good works. An emphasis on the eschatological justification on the basis of works, it runs counter to the biblical teaching about the once-for-all nature of justification. And it also denies, most importantly, the biblical teaching about Jesus and his works as the sole basis of the believer's justification. And rather than supporting the biblical teaching of justification, proponents of the new perspective on Paul promote a revisionist version of the Roman Catholic doctrine of justification by faith plus works. Now let's give some quotes here. R. R. C. Sproul in an article tilting at scarecrows in Table Talk magazine said this, One of the key terms in the phrase justification by faith is a word by which signals that faith is the means or the tool that links us to Christ and his benefits. The concept indicates that faith is the instrumental cause of our justification. What is in view in the Protestant formulation is a distinction from the Roman Catholic view of the instrumental cause. Rome declares the sacrament of baptism in the first instance and penance in the second instance to be the instrumental cause of justification. And so the dispute of what what instrument is the basis by which we are justified was and remains critical to the classic dispute between Rome and Protestantism. That is, the Protestant view, following Paul's teaching in the New Testament, is that faith is the sole instrument by which we are linked to Christ. Now, God's Word, it clearly teaches the, the doctrine of justification by faith alone in Christ alone. That is, all who believe are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith, as we see in Romans 3.24 and 25. And while this doctrine is of tremendous theological importance, it can be the subject of great deep theological study. Here are five truths that God's people must know about justification. First, justification is a wonderful comfort. First, we need to know the wonderful comfort of this doctrine. Justification, it reminds us that Jesus Christ has done everything necessary for our salvation. He paid the penalty for our sins that deserved by his sacrificial death on the cross. His death satisfied God's justice and turned away his wrath from us. Jesus also lived a perfect life by his righteous obedience to the law of God. Both Christ's satisfaction and his perfect righteousness are imputed to us by grace through faith in Christ alone. And so all believers should take comfort in knowing that the Father took upon us in Christ as we have been as sinless and then as perfect as Jesus is. Second, justification brings supreme blessing. We need to know, secondly, the supreme blessing that God bestows upon us in justification. By grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, we are righteous before God and heirs according to eternal life. The blessing of eternal life has been conveyed to us now, just as Jesus promised 
uh, us in John 3.36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Eternal life is a particular kind or quality of life. Eternal life means the perfect blessedness of hearts that rightly love the Lord, minds that truly know the Lord, and wills that completely follow the Lord. Already the beginning of this new and eternal life, it dwells in us. We are heirs who have spiritually received eternal life as our inheritance now. And one day soon when Jesus returns in glory, we're going to experience eternal life fully in body and soul. Jesus bestows upon us the eternal life of a perfect, indestructible fellowship with God. And so we should celebrate the supreme blessing of eternal life enjoyed by those who are justified by faith. Third, justification, it means present peace with God. And when we keep these blessings in mind, they lead us to a third truth regarding justification, the present peace we have with God. In Christ, all of our obligations to God have been met. Nothing stands unaccounted for us between us and God. But the reality of this peace can be very hard for a sinner to accept. Casper uh, Olivianus, one of the authors of the Heidelberg Catechism, wrote, There is nothing more difficult than to believe the forgiveness of sins. But if we do not believe that we are truly forgiven, we will not believe that we have peace with God. Dr. R.C. Sproul says it is often a difficult thing to accept the grace of God. He continues saying our human arrogance makes us want to atone for our own sins or make it up to God with works of super righteousness. But the fact of the matter is, is that we cannot make it up to God. We are debtors who cannot pay. That is what justification by faith is all about, R.C. says. And now we cannot find peace with God through our own sacrifices or even on account of our own obedience. And we don't need to try. Christ has made peace through his sacrifice and by his obedience. And so faith calls us to look away from ourselves and to trust in the work of Christ alone. Everything that was between us and God, our sin, our guilt, and our condemnation has been cleared away by the saving work of Jesus Christ. By faith in Christ, we have peace with God right now, this very moment, as Romans 5.1 says. Uh, for The fourth point is justification. It provides future hope. And so what I mean by that is our present peace with God leads us to this fourth truth. We have a future hope and meaning that we have peace with God now and forever on account of the person and work of Christ. That means that Christians do not need to live in any kind of fear of the future, not when we think about standing before God's final judgment. Justification is God's once and for all declaration that we are righteous in his sight. This decree of God will never be revoked or annulled. And even the final judgment will simply be confirmed and prove the truth of the promise of God. As we see in John 5, 24, which says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. And so justification also has given us hope for the future, particularly when it comes to standing before the judgment seat of God. Lastly, the fifth point is justification. It gives eternal glory to God. Everything we have considered thus far leads to the last and the best thing we need to know about the doctrine of justification. It gives eternal glory to God alone. The glory is all God's because he does everything from everlasting to everlasting for our salvation. The Father set his eternal love on his people from all eternity. And out of this eternal love, he sent his son into the world to save his people from their sins. That is, Jesus Christ willingly came into this world and accomplished our salvation by his life, death, and resurrection. 
both the Father and the Son, send the Holy Spirit who increase faith in us through his word. Our faith is his gracious gift by which we are justified. The Holy Spirit dwells in us forever, uniting us to Jesus and making us partakers of all the benefits of the person and the work of Christ. The doctrine of justification helps us to glorify the triune God who himself does all that is necessary to make us righteous before himself. May our reflection on this precious doctrine of justification always help us to praise and to glorify our God and our Savior and our King forever and ever. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.